and he's on the edge of the woods. Now he can still see the house. He's, he's close enough. He can still see what's going on. Um, I'm about a quarter of a mile away. It's pretty cold out and I'm dressed pretty warm. And all I hear is my wife screaming from the back porch. Hello, everyone, and thank you all again so much for joining us for another episode of the Falconry Told Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Marshall Radio, the makers of the most carefully engineered and reliable tracking systems available. For more information, head to marshallradio.com and check out all of their amazing products. And I wonder what she was screaming about. Well, I guess you all just have to stay tuned and listen to the rest of the episode to find out. Needless to say... It was really cool getting to meet Chris for the first time and um, getting to kind of share some falconry experiences with him and find out what he's all about. So without any further ado, I'll let you find out just what all the screaming was about and we'll just jump right on in. Here we go. Okay, and three, two, and one. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, this is the first time we've kind of gotten to, to meet and, uh, you know, we've been kind of chatting things up a little bit here before we got started but you know it's um it's really interesting to me because I don't meet very many people that often who have as many side hustles going on as I do (laughs) so so yeah man it's um it's 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 interesting to me that you do so many different things and still kind of have time to live life also so it's yeah it's a it's a struggle sometimes I'm not gonna lie uh being being a firefighter and working 24 hours on Mm -hmm. um gives me a lot of time off so I I gotta stay busy somehow and during the summer I can't fly my birds so um and it's too hot and nobody wants to be out doing that especially here in Ohio right but uh yeah I uh I work at a funeral home um I run my own lawn care business uh, that just happens to take care of said funeral home. So my uh, my days kind of look like uh, 24 hours at the firehouse. And then I usually get off there and I usually head straight to the funeral home and start some type of landscaping. Mm-hmm. Our, our funeral home sits on basically a city block. Yeah. So there's it's, uh, it's deeded only two ways. It can either be a funeral home or it can be a city park. So if it's ever not a funeral home, it'll have to go back to a park. So if you can kind of imagine a city park, it's basically what our funeral home looks like. Lots of flower beds, uh, lots of flower work, um, just a, a ton of grass. Uh, people all the time ask me, hey, can, uh, can you come do stuff at my house? And I'm like, no, I don't have time for that. When I'm done after my first day off, my second day off is uh, I manage the crematory um, at that funeral home. So... I spend about eight hours there uh, running a crematory and doing various landscaping stuff that I didn't get done the day before. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's kind of funny that you said the words off days because it sounds to me like you don't really have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it all, de- it all depends on how you look at things. Um, if you're enjoying what you're doing, it, it doesn't really seem like work. Um, you know, I've, I've heard that phrase a lot. And, you know, that's cool on one hand, but I always have this little, uh, you know, voice in the back of my head that always says, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call shenanigans (laughs) a little bit on that. Yeah. It's, it's always, it's always work. Um, it's just, if you get value out of it, um, I think that's where the big point comes from. Yeah. And I, and I do, um, with my landscaping, I leave a finished product. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing when I'm done there, I can turn around and look at something and be like, yep, that looks better than it did when I got here. Mm -hmm. Um, the crematory part is just, uh, I started there because I didn't have anything to do on my days off. And a friend of mine that works there was like, Hey, why don't you come work at the funeral home with me? Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Um, but that being said, it being a city park, I also have time to fly my birds there. Uh-huh. So, um, that's one of the benefits, uh, of being there. I, you know, on my lunch hour and all, all my owners and directors, they all, they all love the birds. They think they're amazing. Um, but it also keeps down our squirrel population that tends to get into the attic and, you know, 
squirrel abatement, if you will, um, at, at the business. So it, uh, it, it helps us out and it, it provides me a little bit of an outlet during the day yeah. and it gives me an opportunity to get the birds up and, uh, and get them, get them flying to where, you know, any other time they'd be stagnant while I was at work. Gotcha. Well, I mean, so you've got your fireman slash paramedic gig, you've got the funeral home gig, you've got, um, what else did you just say? Uh, I have so a landscaping land, business. Yeah, the landscaping, right, which is still somewhat tied in to the other gig. <laughs> yeah, yep. And then, um, you know, you also like to do uh, woodworking and stuff on the side, too, when you can, right? Yeah, anytime I can fit uh, something. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's not as much the wood, wood, woodworking as uh, just being creative. Mm-hmm. It kind of falls right along in with the landscaping. You know, you look back and you're like, oh, that's a finished product. Mm-hmm. So I love to do stuff that I can finish. Even though if you look around my house, there's nothing finished. <laughs> project on top of project on top of project. Um, but yeah, so I like, I like just being creative, figuring things out, um, finding new things to do. Uh, and I love the outdoors. I, 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 if I could just stay outdoors all the time, I probably would. Cool. Yeah, I mean, well, and I know you touched on it just ever so briefly just a bit ago, um, but I'm assuming then part of the reason how you're able to time manage, you know, your falconry and with all of these things that you do, I mean, it sounds like at least with the, uh, the, the funeral home job that you're able to at least incorporate that some, you know, so, so you're not, in other words, Every day, you're not having every single day tied up to where you can't do anything. It sounds right. like you're at least able to fly a little right. bit and take a bird yep. there and kind of, you know, incorporate that sun, you know, to, well, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Correct. Pun, pun yeah. intended. <laughs> um, so, I mean, at least you got that. But, I mean, how, how else do you, do you manage to, to fit everything else in then? I mean, like, uh, is, do you at least have the flexibility to kind of come and go and do jobs as you kind of... Yeah, as uh, as my year progresses, so here in Ohio, our uh, our season starts September first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can start flying birds in, but I'm usually too busy through September and October to really do anything consistent with the birds. So usually, I'll leave them a little little heavy um, through September, and we'll start working weights down uh, the beginning of October. Um, once my leaves fall at the funeral home, my landscaping stuff goes away. I put that away. I don't push snow or do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. All I do is now, all I do is manage that stuff, and I manage that on my day that I'm working. Um, the day that I'm working also has flexibility built into it where if I need to take off for two or three hours during the day to go fly the birds, I can pick up those three hours in the evening. I need that outlet. My my fire department job is stressful enough through the year um, that come falconry season I I need that outlet that's that is my outlet yeah so yeah I mean it's um I mean I can completely understand I mean the the whole well healthcare in general um along with law enforcement like we just said you know um, before we kind of started rolling here officially um I don't know like I I I feel really bad, you know, um, for the people working law enforcement and, you know, like I said, my, my dad just retired from the force not too long ago. And we kind of talked about that briefly too, but man, it's just, it's, it's tough right now. It's, it's just stressful all around. And, you know, you also working in, in healthcare, um, can totally relate to the fact that it's, um, any kind of release you need, you know, you can get right now. It's just, you need because, you know, and it's not even necessarily because the, the job in and of itself has really become insurmountable since everything that's happened, but it's all the extra stuff that we have to deal with now just because of all of the, you know, I mean, it's, it just, it makes an already difficult and stressful job that much more difficult and stressful. That's, that's an understatement for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we fit all that stuff into a bag, right? And we carry yeah. that bag with us all year long. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it gets to this point and a lot of guys, they, they have that outlet. They do, they do their things, um, because they enjoy the summers 
and they take their boats and they go to the lakes and they do all that stuff Mm -hmm. where I don't have time for that. Yeah. But you know, my summer is my winter you know, I, I hate the heat. Um, if you find me in Arizona, you can guarantee that I'm just visiting. Um, because I, you know, my dad lives in Florida and I just, I can't imagine going down there and being working and have to be in that kind of heat all day. You know, I mean, honestly though, I I lived in Arizona for, for, for a year, um, pretty much straight out of high school. That's where I went to audio school actually. Okay. And, uh, you know, I loved it. Like I, I hate the heat also, but I would take 110 degrees in the middle of summer in Phoenix over 90 degrees here Oh, any, yeah. Any day. <laughs> Ohio's you know? tough. I mean, and it's like, just wait, it'll change. The Midwest in general. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, the 100% humidity compared to the 30 to 50% or whatever you're going to yeah, get out Yeah, I guess west that would is, be a difference. I just don't, the heat and I just don't get along, uh, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, I, I it, and you work a, a lawn business, so I can understand, you know, it's still going to get you yeah. even, even without the yep. humidity aspect. Yeah. I can understand I just, that, but you know, the winters, the winters are when I get to, to relax and do what I want to do. And people are like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? It's, uh, it's 30 below out. Yeah. That's nah, really not that cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you get moving, you get walking, you get chasing that bird, you keep following the dog, you know, your focus is just on them and, and, finding game and making sure that that bird, you know, gets what it deserves. As long as you got the right gear on, got you a nice set of bibs, oh, yeah. some nice uh, insulated stuff on. Yep. I mean, you get moving around and you warm up pretty quick yeah. in the wintertime, even with a bunch of snow and For you know, sure. subarctic temperatures. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, on average, even with as busy as you are, I mean, how many times a week do you think you manage to to get out during, oh, during, during, the during the winter. Um, I, I fly the birds four to five times a week. Yeah. Um, depending on, uh, you know, some days are a little bit longer than others. Um, this last two years have been pretty tough. Um, well actually the last three years. So my mom passed away, um, and she had an illness that went through my falconry season. Mm, sorry um, to hear that. Yeah. L- luckily, I don't know if you can really say luckily, but it, it wasn't a long drawn out illness with her. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was about five weeks. It took up the middle of my falconry season. Um, we still managed to try to get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my son uh, decided that he would start swimming. And he, uh, we kind of looked at him like, you're going to do what? He said, yeah, I think I'm going to swim. Okay. Well, it turns out he's not too hateful at it. <laughs> so he did really well. Downside is swimming is all through falconry season Uh and it's every weekend. Right. So uh, the last two years have been really tough um, to get, you know, the same amount of time with the birds as I have been in the, in the last few years. Hmm. Um, So now that he's moved on to college, um, he's still going to swim with the coronavirus has messed up his schedule a little bit, but that's also, he doesn't actually start competing until January. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my November and December are going to be, you yeah. know, balls to the wall, birds, birds, and more birds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel you. I mean, the, then the, the reason I'm, I'm touching on this is because, you know, for, for the people that might be listening who aren't yet falconers, but are thinking about getting into it. And I mean, it's, it's one of those topics that I don't think that you can, um, cover enough. Um, if you don't have the time to do it, you just really shouldn't do it. Oh yeah. And for sure. And you know, if, uh, if you know that you are going to be that, that busy and you don't have a way to mitigate that somehow into your schedule, despite being busy, then, um, you probably just shouldn't do it and you should, you know, wait until you can. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who, that I know of that waited until their latter years of life, you know, to get into it, which I still, you know, I mean, it's, I admire and respect the people to a certain degree, like that, that get into the sport whenever they, you know, or, or past their, you know, 40s, sometimes even their fifties. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I feel, I know how I feel sometimes even sure. after, you know, just being in my thirties. Yep. 
you know, how I feel sometimes after beating the brush all day, you know, I mean, sometimes I can barely bend over. My lower back is killing me so much, you know, and everything. It feel, you know, it makes me feel like I have a 60 year old back sometimes. And there's going to be a lot of people just moaning and groaning, like whatever, man, you know, I know they're listening to this, but, but I mean, the point being, you know, it's, it can't be stressed enough that if you want to do this, you, you got to have the time for it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you got to be able to make the time. Um, you know, I, I feel very fortunate, um, being a firefighter, take the other two jobs away. That's 24 hours on. That's 48 hours of fun the yeah. next two days. Sure. I mean, um, the birds go, uh, the birds go with me in my truck. They get weighed the night before. Um, they get fed just enough to, when I get off duty, you know, my next stop is a woodlot on the way home. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all, it's almost routine unless something comes up and gets in the way of that. You can guarantee that, you know, my duty day, uh, that night I'm going to feed the birds in the truck. Yeah. Uh, just enough. We're going to check out the weather, see where we're at, how cold we're going to be, feed them. And you can guarantee by eight o'clock, I'm going to be in a woodlot somewhere right now. I may have to do a quick hit and then head home, but almost religiously, I will be I will be hunting somewhere on the way home. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of my hunting buddies, too, that used to look at me and just be like, I don't know how you do it. You know, how have you not, like, basically died yet? <laughs> you know, but, I mean, I've, I've worked night shift for, geez, I don't even know, like, last at least at least seven to eight years, I night, think. Night shift, will, night shift will kill you. Yeah, and... It um, really will. It'll and, add tons of years to your life. Oh, geez, man. Well, it's... Well, and subs and and simultaneously, well, while subtracting all those yeah, years, yeah, I guess that's what too. I meant. It, yeah. it, it, it subtracts. It, it'll, more it'll, than, it'll add the yes. the 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 way. <laughs> it'll it'll add the wrinkles and subtract the overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, but yeah, no, I mean, and and you know, like when I my I remember like my first um, apprentice season, like my sponsor, I would get out with him during the week, and he'd just be like. Uh, how are you, you know, like, are you not tired? It's like, well, yeah, I'm tired, but you know, I, I know, I knew what I was getting into with this. And, um, you know, at least I only have to do that three nights a week because I work, you know, three twelves, you know, with my job. So, I mean, regardless, there's still those other four days where I could still try and fit it in if I wanted to, but it's still, I mean, even with that kind of schedule, there's been times where I've thought, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough sometimes with, with as much different stuff that I have going on on the side too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, at least it's good that you're able to, to fit in that much, you know, I mean, someone, I mean, there, there's a lot of people that would listen to that schedule and just be like, how do you, I mean, there's just no way, you know, I mean, some people are better at time managing than others. Yeah. And it's tough too. I mean, if you take a guy who gets, uh, you know, who works a nine to five, you know, five o'clock yeah. and it's, it's already starting to get dark. dark. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to work in the dark and you're coming home in the dark. So, you know, you're basically a weekend warrior. Yeah. You know, you're hitting stuff on Saturday. And for me, just me personally, that's not enough time to take that bird out of the wild and, and do something with it. If I couldn't fly the birds as much as I fly them now, I would feel like I'm doing a disservice to the bird. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. It's, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a really cool, neat, awesome thing, but you gotta, you gotta think more of, you know, what, and what am I doing? How am I doing it? And can I do it appropriately? You have to have a plan. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Got to have a plan and, and kind of got to know how you're going to like try and tackle and approach things, um, you know, going into it. Cause if you just try going in blind and, you know, get a bird, don't have anything to fly it on, just that and the other, you know, it's just going to create a world of problems for you, which, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast and, and stuff too. But once again, it's just another one of those things that you just almost can't, you know, you just can't say enough. Yeah. But, yeah. but, um, so, I mean, well, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, hearing your background and stuff and just figuring out, you know, uh, your take on how you fit, you know, your falconry into just your, your schedule and your lifestyle um, and, you know, basically it, in, encompass it in, well, as much into making your lifestyle as possible, I guess. Yeah, I it say, definitely but. fits in, 
you know, to, to my lifestyle. Yeah. You know, the, during the winter, the birds are with me 90% of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, how long you've been? How long have you been a falconer now? Uh, this will be my seventh year. This will be my so, last year as a general. Oh, cool. So yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's it's um, goes by fast. It does. Know? It does. It's hard. It's hard to believe. And there's people that even some of the, my firefighter friends that I've I've talked to, they're they're like, hey, I got to give it to you. He said, I thought this was just a, uh, a just a thing, yeah. and it was going to go away. And yeah. you know, here you are, still at it. Right. Um, you know, my wife, I come home and I try to share some of the things with my wife and she's like, Oh, you killed another squirrel. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) I'm like, no, you just don't understand. The flight was awesome and the dog did everything it was supposed to do. And yeah, yeah, my wife, my wife's the same way too. (laughs) She could, she could care less. She, she doesn't really like birds. You know, it's, it's, it's added an interesting, uh, dynamic to our other already, interestingly dynamic, uh, marriage at times, you know, but, um, but yeah, uh, it's, (laughs) I mean, this is, I think my, going to be my fifth or sixth season. Now I, I started, it'd be my fifth. I started in, uh, my, my first season was fall of 2015. So I feel you, you know, it it goes by fast. And so let me ask you this. Have you sponsored anybody yet? No, I haven't yet. Me neither. And I, it's, uh, I, I talked to Joe, my sponsor, um, Joe Dorian, and uh, he uh, he's he's always wanting me to to take on this person or take on this person. And sometimes I, I've reached out to him. Um, there there are people that have reached out to him, so he doesn't necessarily know them, know them. Mm-hmm. But they've reached out to them, him, and they've been in my general area. So he's like, hey, you should hook up with Chris Klosterman. And right. So you know, I'll call him and we'll set some things up. And for one reason or another. I feel terrible. I really, I really, I do. I feel terrible because I'm like, I feel like I have a very high standard. Uh Um, I know where you're going with this. (laughs) That that if you can't do it close to as much as I can do it. Yeah. Then I'm not going to sponsor you. But that doesn't seem fair to the sport. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's lots of guys out there that are only weekend warriors and they can only get it for right for right now. Yeah. In the, in the near future, you know, their kids are going to graduate and they're, because that's kind of how I did it. I started looking and I'm like, okay, five years ago, I'm looking ahead thinking, okay, my kids are my, both my kids are going to be gone. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm going to want something along with taking trips and doing stuff with my wife to take that spot, to fill that void. Sure. So I started this five, seven years ago Mm -hmm. thinking ahead. Right. And some people might not be able to do what I do as much as I do right now, but in their future, they might. And if they don't get that start, you're like, oh, but I feel terrible about it. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, oh. here's how I look at it. And, you know, knock on wood, I'm, uh, I don't, I haven't been in a situation yet where I've had to even worry about it because where we're at, um, you know, there, we get people that are, That'll show interest. You know, I mean, it, it's it's the same everywhere I know, but we'll get people sometimes that'll come out with us every so often and, you know, go out maybe one or two times and then you never hear from them ever again. And, right. Uh, yeah, you know, which, which you run into that a lot, you know, in this in this sport. And I'm okay um, with that part. Yeah, and, and I'm fine with it too. Because, because they've it, realized. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, this yeah, might I, mean, be, I might not be ready for this yet. Nine, nine times, you know, as well as I do nine times out of 10, those like most people kind of weed themselves out and figure out if it's something they feel like they can do or not anyway. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it. My thing is, is I don't, I still want to have another personally, uh, like another year or two under my belt. Oh, without a doubt. Before, before <laughs> I want to sponsor even consider it anyway. And, you know, like the way I look at it is, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth on this too. Like I, like I've had the same, you know, <laughs> the same, you know, bird on one shoulder, you know, the parrot, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, oh yeah. You do it. And then the other one's like, no, you shouldn't, you know, whatever. <laughs> yep. Like I've, I've done that whole thing too. But the way I look at it now, where I kind of see things now is as long as they show, as long, if someone were to show me at least some degree of consistency throughout an entire season that they can keep up with 
at least some, I mean, like, I'm not saying they have to get out every day. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I mean, you know, most of my friends too, um, because of their jobs can only really get out on the weekends and stuff too. And, yeah. and, and there are good Falconers that for whatever reason, they can only do the weekends, but they, I mean, they're all day, like every weekend. Yep. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's every yeah. weekend. This Saturday and Sunday, we're yeah. flying birds yep. and we're and doing it all it's, day. It's all day. And, and, and I'm not saying there's, there's nothing wrong with that either, sure. but you know, if, if someone can only do that, like the way I see it is they need to be out every weekend with us doing yeah. that. I mean, if it's a, you know, every so often skip a, skip a few, you know, whatever this, that, and the other see that, that to me, like I, I, I would kind of have an issue cause I had to show like, I, I was kind of similar to what, you know, you probably did. Like I was out three to four days a week minimum, <laughs> you know, like during my apprenticeship. Well, I, I was, I was really, really lucky. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Ron Aulis, who takes care of the things here in Ohio for the, uh, the Department of Wildlife, mm-hmm. um, he came out and did my inspection. And before he left, he said something to the extent of, you ought to be pretty proud of yourself. And I didn't understand what that meant. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. He said, well, you know, typically this takes about 18 months, uh-huh. um, you know, from finding your sponsor you know, taking your test, building your stuff, uh, getting your inspection and getting your bird. Mm-hmm. And I had my sponsor, my test and, uh, my inspection within like three months. Mm-hmm. I was, I was more motivated to, to get my Falconry license than I was to promote to Lieutenant at the fire division. <laughs> I mean, literally our, our promotional process is, um, you read a bunch of books yeah. You take a test, the people that score the highest get the jobs, yeah, right? right? Same thing with faculty, right? Read the books, take the test, get a high score, you know, you get your faculty license. Oh. Uh, I studied for that from the time the book showed up in the mail mm-hmm. to the day before the test. Yeah. Um, I, I had that book with me everywhere I went. Um, if I had to put the same kind of effort into, you know, my promotional exams... I, I, I may not be a firefighter right now. I may be a lieutenant or a captain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, and, but I mean, do you necessarily want to be a lieutenant? Or yeah. A captain, no, that, you know? that's, the, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. I, exactly. I, I mean, wanted you, this falconry. It you was, were motivated. To, and that, and that's, I guess my point is if I can see that somebody's motivated enough that they want it, I mean, and when I, when I say that I was out, you know, four to five times, you know, a week, on average, you know, I mean, well, I should say, I'd say at least three to four on average. Well, well that's, that's a little bit more realistic, I guess. I mean, there were week, weeks where I definitely out five, six, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. During, I mean, that, but that was even before, you know, I even did my apprenticeship. That was just to prove myself to these other guys, okay. you know. Like, yeah. And that's, that's where I have sometimes still that little internal struggle because, you know, on one hand... I feel like I should hold someone else up to the same standard that I had to do, you know, to justify me giving the time to them that I, cause right. I mean, and, cause I mean, I also wouldn't expect someone else to do anything else or put in any more time than I did myself. Also, I don't, I don't like being hypocritical. Like sure. I, yeah. like hypocrisy and me don't get along very well. Like <laughs> yep. I try my best to avoid it, you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, but on the other hand, I know that, you know, I, as long as I see, you know, like you said, I mean, not everybody can do that. And I get it. It doesn't mean that someone isn't going to be dedicated. It just means that, you know, their schedule won't allow them to do it, you know, quite as much. And I, I see both sides, but they still have to show me, like, I still have to have proof that they are going to stick with it and be consistent you know, through their apprenticeship, oh, yeah. you know, before, I mean, if, and that wouldn't for me involve seeing just kind of like a, a lackadaisical approach to, I, I mean, I, I couldn't do that. And I had that opportunity actually. Um, so when, when I started my first, uh, my first introduction, um, into the falconry was, uh, 
I had, we had chicken coops out back and mm. we had two red tails get stuck in the chicken coop. They killed five of the chickens. I didn't know anything about them other than they were red tail hogs. You had two red tails two. stuck? There were two in there. Two got in the coop. Yep. And they killed five of the chickens. Uh, <laughs> and I, I knew nothing about them. But we've always had chickens. We've had ducks. Uh, we've always had birds, roosters. We've always had stuff around the farm here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I handled them the same way I handled all of our other birds. Um, and once I found out that, you know, they would latch onto a stick and then I could control their feet, we were good. Yeah. Um, we got them out we let them go. But I went to uh, a place here in Springfield called the Fair at New Boston. And it's a, it's a time period thing where that's set in like the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s kind of thing. Um, and they, you know, they all wear the period stuff. And in the Indian camp... Uh, there was a guy that lives in Mechanicsburg here. I'm not even sure if James is still practicing, but um, he had a red tail on a crayons, mm-hmm. and he was doing, you know, what I do now. And uh, I, I stopped and talked to him, and he, uh, I said, you know, how are you doing what, what you do? And he said, well, I have a state and a federal license in falconry. You and I need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he gave me his number and uh, told me that the uh, OFA, the Ohio Falconry Association, has a picnic every September. So um, I, I went to the picnic. I knew nothing about this. This was in Columbus. I had a brand new puppy mm-hmm. because my goal was to be able to associate the dog and the bird together and they would, they would hunt together. Yeah. Um, so I come walking up with my brand new little lab puppy and these people are all looking at me and, you know, and I, I met some people, I started talking to some people and then I see a sign that says no dogs allowed. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh crap. I'm, uh, well, it's too late now. I've already started talking. Yeah. So I got my information and I went back and I started looking down through here. Um, you know, here's a five, five, one, three area code. Here's a nine, three, seven area code. Um, I called a guy and like you said, uh, I guess they call them paper sponsors. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, you know, if you're ready to take your test, he said, yeah, I'll sponsor you. Mm-hmm. He said, but he said, why don't you check with Joe Dorian in Columbus before that? Yeah. Um, he said, because Joe's a lot closer to you and he might be able to, to, to do a better job for you than he said, I'll sponsor you, but. Um, he said, I'm, I'm kind of busy. I was like, okay, well, that's, so I called Joe and, uh, we met and, uh, we met for lunch. Uh, I met him for about a half an hour told him what I do and where I was at and where my head is. And, um, he said, if luckily he didn't have, he was in between other, other, uh, apprentices at that point. Mm -hmm. And he took me on, um, without really even going out with him. Um, I've always been a hunter. Uh, it's, I've, I've hunted since I was wee little. Um, so this the hunting part wasn't anything he needed to teach me. And I think that benefited me. Um, I was already, um, a guy who could build my own mew, um, my own weathering area. I could do, I could weld, I could do everything that I needed. You were a lot better off than I was and still am. (laughs) The only thing I needed him to do was teach me about the bird. Uh-huh. And he could do that over the phone if he had to. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a, it was kind of a, a, a match that just, you know, made in heaven. I'll be honest with you, because here I am, a, a guy who's in, in this uh, falconry world that's hard to find a sponsor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I luck into where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was fortunate because um, the guy that eventually ended up you know, being my sponsor lived 10 minutes from me. Yeah. Oh, like that's... literally just right down the road. Yeah. And, that's um, awesome. But you know, he also is an older guy and is very particular and yep. very, you know, anal about certain things being done certain ways. Yeah. And, you know, I had to spend, you know, the, a whole, you know, a whole season just getting out with everyone over and over. And over. I mean, consistently week in week out to convince him, especially, to, you know, take me on as, as an apprentice, because, you know, at that time too, I mean, he was having some things happen in his life that was going to be requiring more time. And luckily, you know, we have some pretty hardcore, you know, falconers in, in Southern Indiana that, 
that, you know, get out very consistently and stuff that I was able to get out with even when I wasn't able to get out with him. And he was also, you know, he's also retired too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was, I feel very blessed and fortunate that I didn't have to do the whole, you know, long distance paper sponsor thing. Um, you know, I always had resources that were there that could help me and answer and still do. I mean, the guys that I'm, that I get out with consistently, um, it's going to be a bummer not being able to get out with them as much this season. Um, you know, just because I know that I'm going to have to, you know, probably take another long distance assignment again. Um, okay. You know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's become such a tradition, you know, uh, in having that, that camaraderie and just, you know, it, it becomes, um, you know, it's another thing that you just bank on, you know, and it's going to be weird not having that as much this season. It's, it's that release. Um, yeah. It's that and, thing that you're looking yeah. forward to. I'm doing yeah. all of this so I can get to here. But I mean, there, but my, but I'm, I, like I said, I feel very fortunate that I've got, you know, a small group of guys that we always help each other out and, you know, or, yeah. there, or there's resources. And yeah, we're, uh, we're in this, we're in the same boat. Um, our little group in Columbus and Northern Ohio, um, you know, that that's, it's the same thing. It's, uh, you know, churches have their small groups and this is our Sunday falconry group, uh, you know, and we get together and it's, it's just four or five people. Um, but well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not like there's a whole lot of us to begin with. And whenever you have a cluster of of people that live in the same area, you kind of can't help, but it either happens that way or it doesn't, you know? And, but I mean, that's, that's cool though, that, so you you kind of stumbled into it a little bit like I did. You know, I didn't even have a hunting background at all when I got into okay. this. You know, so everybody expected me just to just to <laughs> just to fail miserably <laughs> just, going just in whatever. And you know, there there don't get me wrong. Tip. There's there's definitely been some some times where I've I've failed miserably. So I mean, we all oh we sure all we do. all have. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, it's it's cool hearing how other like I said, it's always cool hearing how other people get into things. You know, just stumble into this because. You know, um, everybody's that, that's that's one thing we love to, to go over is just everybody's little, you know, quirky, you know, stories on how they just kind of stumbled into this. But I mean, you pretty much since you've gotten into the sport, though, you've pretty much just predominantly flown red tails, correct? Yeah, um, I have flown some Harris's. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a pair of Harris's for a little while. Um, the gentleman that we bought them from said, you know, they're, they're a great matched pair. They're, you know, they, she hits like a hammer and, I mean, you know, not, he's, as, not as advertised. Um, yeah, it was a, there was, there was a large difference. I've only work. got one or maybe two fields that, um, I can consistently find rabbits and, uh, you know, these two suckers, they sat and watched the rabbits run around. I'm yeah. like, uh, okay, so we're going to bring some more weight down and, you know, he said this is where he flew them at, so we would bring some more weight down, and they were uh, they were a definite struggle um, for me uh, for being a proven pair of birds. Like I and I, I've had, you know, I've had zero problems um, flying my red tails, and the Harris's really they're not that much different um, it, when you're looking at you know weight management and and no, work. No, I mean, but yeah, I mean it's uh. Well, I mean, just to kind of, you know, go back to the quick point of I've, I've heard this story before. I think <laughs> that we all have. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you can't really train. You, you can't train a Harris like you can a red tail. I mean, you can do it. For can, sure. You can train. You train almost every species the same to a certain degree right. up to a certain point, And then it just branches off from there. Yep. You know, every species, you know, has, has its own, you know, fork in the road on different things you have to do. Um but to start off, like with never having flown a Harris and start off automatically trying to fly a cast, though, I can see where the odds were a little stacked against oh, you there. It, yeah, it was, also, too. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's helpful to learn, you know, Harris, Harris's quirks a little bit. Oh, sure. You know, and and with Joe, just one at first. Um, and, my sponsor, he he flies mm-hmm. Harris's and he flies a cast of them, and he's right. always done well. So I, I've I had a really good reference. Uh-huh. Um, when we were trying to get these guys up and going yeah, and, uh, we, we ended up selling the pair, um, selling them off. And I think we got back what we had in them and, 
Uh, oh, it that's was, good. It was it was interesting. Um, I did have uh, a juvenile coop or a juvenile Harris that did nothing but scream, uh, almost from the time I got <laughs> it to the, and uh, we we found somebody who was interested in it too. So um, for right now, uh, like we talked earlier, my game is squirrels. Yeah, uh, it's what I have the most uh, availability to. Mm-hmm. So. For me, the red tails are pretty much the only only route for me because the other animal, the other species aren't as much fun. Um, if I could duck hawk, if I could get a bird that I could duck with, then I, I could I could change my stuff up yeah. because I that's the only thing that I still hunt with a gun um, is I, I still duck hunt. So okay. I try to fit some duck hunting in. Uh, I, I might not hunt the birds that day because I may actually set up a duck trip. Yeah. So. That's cool. Um, but but if I can uh, if I could get some if I could get a bird that I can hunt ducks with, then I would definitely uh, I, my game would definitely be changed. Well, I know my I know my buddies that um, you know fly gosses love ditch ditch hawking you know yeah. ducks and it's a lot of fun to do to do that with them. Um, you know I've also tried the whole you know long wing on ducks thing. Um, it didn't pan out with the with this last bird. I, I that's pretty much all I wanted to do with it. I mean chase pigeons and stuff but i mean i really want to do ducks with him i yeah. ended up you know kind of removing him as well but and then i i had a a prairie that that ended up you know having a infection and dying on me like just overnight with oh, no with no signs or symptoms hard. you know too i tried to, to anyway yeah the duck thing is is on my bucket list also i mean i'm sure i will do it at some point again but um well and i've had both the red tails chase i've had both of them chase them Sure. Um, it's got to be a perfect setup yeah. with a red tail. Does. As a matter of fact, before <laughs> before we leave here, I'll introduce you to Duckster. Um, I, I we have a Peking duck uh, that's okay. here on the farm that's imprinted <laughs> to the dog. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, this is a podcast, so it's going to be real hard to explain to anybody. <laughs> but um, at some point, I'm sure you can you can tell somebody at some this story about this duck and this dog. <laughs> um, because they are, they're hilarious. Uh, they go out here and the duck will groom the dog and the dog will just sit there. But, um, so I get the red tail out and I, I happen to have a woods right behind my house that when I don't have time or it's that management thing, if I've got to get a quick hit in, um, that's, that's where I go. I don't hunt that unless, you know, I, I'm out of time that day and I mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to get the birds up. So I'll bring the birds home and I'll go out in the backwoods for, you know, just a little while, long enough to, to catch something. Um, but during that time, uh, Zinc, who's my male, who I've had the longest, he was my first bird. Um, I stick the duck in the barn through a hole in the, in the door and he's already trying to grab the duck. (laughs) So I'm thinking, okay, I've got the duck in the barn, the bird's up now let's go out and hunt. Uh So I get about a quarter mile out into the woods and he's on the edge of the woods. Now he can still see the house. He's, he's close enough. He can still see what's going on. Um, I'm about a quarter of a mile away. It's pretty cold out and I'm dressed pretty warm. And all I hear is my wife screaming from the back porch. Backtracked and got the duck. I know exactly what has happened. <laughs> Somehow the duck has got out of the barn and the bird is now on top of the duck. Now the duck weighs eight, nine pounds. Right. I mean, it's a full size white peaking duck. Uh-huh. And the bird is just beating the crap out of the duck and the duck's squawking and it's trying to get the bird with its wings. Luckily, I had a lure with me already loaded. Uh, I just kind of held the duck. Pitched the lure off. The bird jumped right off the duck and went right to the lure and ate. I grabbed the duck. The duck's really, to be honest with you, the duck's not really hurt that bad. It's got, you know, it's got a couple pin pinholes in it and it's bleeding a couple spots. But, you know, all things gathered, it's in pretty good shape. Look, look at the bright side. You know, I know you said that you were a glass half full kind of guy. Oh yeah. No, we are all the way half full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, at least it was your duck. Yeah. My 900, my 900, well, look at it this way. My 930 gram red tail just took down a nine pound duck. Had this been in the wild or literally out, we'd be bringing a duck home right now because we, we just caught a big freaking, 
I mean, this is, he's not that big. And yeah. to, to have the balls to take <laughs> on a bird that size on the ground, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I was stunned. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me because he'll be in the house. The cats will be running around the house. He doesn't bother anything yeah. except when we're hunting. When we're hunting, he's on it. I mean, he's, he's locked in and he's ready to go. Everything sure. else around the house, he doesn't mess with, um, which, is, which is really funny uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll run into all kinds of weird, weird stuff, especially if you, if you fly Harris's and oh, you yeah. know, have the, um, you know, sometimes the... Oh, I've watched yeah, Joe's yeah, the birds. End, the end. You could just see their attitudes. Yep. Yeah, they just come out in the bird and it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like sees that, you know. And especially if you have, you know, smaller dogs running with you and stuff. And, yep. you know, if they don't uh, think that dog's performing adequately enough, they'll, you know, rake them and you oh, know, whatever. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it happens. I mean, it's yeah, just part my, of it. My but. female, she was unhappy with the dog last year. And <laughs> she, she got her twice. And I was like, whoa, that was really... Yeah. You know, I guess she she put it on the dog that the dog didn't keep that rabbit moving well enough for her to catch. And yeah, yeah. So I mean, they, they get it like was that. odd. It's funny how how quick they learn. You know, I mean, they're really not that intelligent, but but, but when it comes to this stuff, they yeah they you know they don't like, miss a beat. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like ultra level intelligence when it comes to doing what they do. Yeah, and they they can adapt pretty quick. But yeah, that's and that's funny. That's what I tell everybody. Um, you know, we go out and I, I tell them, I said, you know, the bird's perfect. The bird never makes a mistake. It's me that makes the mistakes yeah. all the time. I either, I put the bird in a bad position or I did. If you let that bird go. That bird's fine. It's perfect. It's going to live. It's going to catch. It's going to do everything it's designed to do. It's when you add the human <laughs> into yeah. the scenario that things get, you know, you get your hands in the wrong spot and the, the bird makes you pay for it. And yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, when it comes down to it, we're the ones that's the, uh, the foreign body yeah, in the equation. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're, uh, we're the, we're the part of the equation. That's not, uh, you know, this is we're, we're the part that's not like the others <laughs> to, yeah. to that, to yeah. that bird, you know? So, but yeah, no, it's, it's. So, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, five years. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's your, uh, I guess, give me one of your favorite memories. Oh, geez. This Anything's got to stick out. It's got to oh, be big. There's a couple that stick out for sure. And, you know, like I said, it's there, there's probably, I can name at least three people right now that are instantly regretting you asking me this <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, yeah, I know they're going to be like, Oh, here it comes. Got to hear about this again or whatever. Now, I mean, the most memorable thing that's happened to me so far, hands down, you know, no, I mean, just, and as fluky as it was, I'm, I'm, I've been admitting guys, if you're listening, I, I know it was a fluke. We've been through this. Okay. <laughs> It still happened though, the one time. <laughs> but um, I was flying. Um, so my my buddy Dennis, uh, you know, Sammy, let me fly um, one of his uh, Harris Hawks that he had, and he bought it as an imprint. So I mean, one thing you, I mean, I'll never fly an imprint Harris again, just personally. I mean, for obvious <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. I mean, there's not. I pr much prefer either you know a, a chamber raised or I still have yet to fly a a passage Harris. Okay. Um, which I would like to do at some point. Sure. But anyway, so I, I didn't have a bird at the time and he was just like, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to have this bird. He's just going to be sitting around doing nothing. Um, you know, unless someone wants to fly, I don't have time to fly it. I mean, you're welcome to fly it if you'd like. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, I don't want to, you know, be held responsible. For something bad. Happened. Oh, you know, one, one, is that one terrible? Of, yeah. You're one like, of those, oh, one I'd of those love to, things. but yeah. what happens if the bird gets killed? Well, it would have happened if I was flying it too. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, so anyway, we, we got all those bases covered. Anyway, long story short, he lets me fly this little male, um, you know, Harris that he has. Whatever. It's. It, well, I initially started flying, and he was, uh, uh, I think, eighteen and a half ounces. So little guy. Yeah. And um, so, <laughs> he, you talk about a bird like a Harris. You know, you mentioned him moving the one that you had that just screamed constantly. Well, there's Harris screaming, and then there's Harris screaming, okay? <laughs> like, you know, just the, rah, rah, whatever. That's that's pretty normal. Yeah, I've been being pretty talkative, especially in their immature season. Yeah. This bird, literally, he would hear the littlest thing, and it was the high pitch, you know, shrieky oh, yeah. screaming, you know, whatever. 
did it constantly. He did that the whole season that I flew him, or the whole part of the season that I flew him. I bet your wife's ready to kill you. Uh, he, he went outside pretty quick. Let's put it that way. I, you know, I didn't want that around, yeah. let alone anybody else. But so I remember I, I finally got him down to where he was performing and got that first cottontail with him. And, you know, was really happy about that because I mean, he was such a small bird. You know, I was just stoked that he, i managed to catch some with whatever. So get that under the belt. And then we go out. And I take him to Kansas. We go on one of our, you know, jackrabbit, you know, trips or whatever to Kansas. And, you know, I'm just he, – he, he's chasing jacks. You know, he's pursuing. I don't expect him to actually be able to catch one. He manages to, to snag a jack in just the perfect setup or whatever and some tumbleweed and stuff. Got it right by the head. So his second kill was a – his second kill was a, a, was a jackrabbit. So then – you know, that was pretty cool. Come back home, catch another cottontail with him. So by this time, it's about like beginning of January, right? So we're out hunting one day and, uh, you know, I'm hunting him off a tea perch and I see him like just shoot off the tea perch and he wings over right next to this fence, right? And goes down and he's on something or, you know, we don't know if he's on something. We've maybe he missed or whatever. All of a sudden I see a buddy of mine start running because he sees us on the back of a coyote. And uh, so, I mean, he's bound to the back of, of this coyote. Oh, my. Yeah. And so we get up there. We, we all just start doing, you know, wind sprint to get up to where they're at. Uh, this time, when we get up to them, they're actually on the other side of the fence. So that coyote actually drug the bird underneath the chain link fence. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> still the bird was hanging he's on. Still, still yeah. hanging on. And that coyote was so shocked whenever we initially got up to it um, that – Basically, uh, you know, I just kind of sat there and just kind of stared at all of us or whatever. And my buddy was able to dispatch it quickly. That's all I'll say through the, you know, nice. through the fence. Sure. And so, you know, we all just stood there in shock for a bit <laughs> and we're staring. Yeah. And then like, you know, so after the coyote was dispatched, the bird, you know, flies off, kind of flies over the fence or whatever. And so we're all, we all stand there for about. I don't know, 50, good 15 <laughs> seconds, just well, mouths hanging well, open. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What the? And so then it, it dawns on me real quick that, you know, we just, I just brought a coyote to bag with my Harris, you know, my little 18 and a half or 19 and a half ounce Harris or whatever. So I turned to my guy, to my buddies. I'm like, oh, guys, that, uh, <laughs> you see that coyote right there? That's, uh, you know, that's, that's, mine. that's, that's um, so. Did you guys see that just happen? And they're like, now John, blah, 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 whatever. And so, yeah, that's, that's the most memorable thing. That, that would be a good you know, one. I, sure. I still, um, you know, have very fond memories of the very first Jack that I ever got, which was with my first, uh, immature Harris that I ever flew. It was my second bird that I ever flew. I mean, got my first two Jackrabbits with that bird. Um, and you know, I mean, of course you never forget your first, you know, your first, kill with, oh, with, yeah. with your first bird and you know that that's always going to stick out in my mind too um but i mean what's yours i mean it's, uh, other, other my, than my, catching your own duck <laughs> yeah uh my two biggest things were the the trips that we took um we my first experience was uh we went to mishawaka uh indiana uh-huh and uh Been we there a met, few times yeah. we met two two guys um uh rich um the guy we met, Rich, is a retired Mishawaka firefighter, which I didn't know going in. So that was really cool. Um, we had, uh, I had Zinc. He was probably two or three at that point. Um, but he was, he, he did, he did really, really, really well in front of people. So, you know, that, that was a, a big deal for me. I, I didn't want to go somewhere and put my bird up and, and have my bird be a, a dork and be like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Uh, well, I mean, that's yeah. what everybody yeah. wishes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, he, and he didn't disappoint. Uh, you know, we got um, – Rich found uh, – we actually found a rabbit that was sitting. Um, and he was like, hey, everybody, hold up. He said, I got one that's just sitting here. Uh, we just happened to walk on it. And uh, I, I got an actual video. It was the first real good video I got of – the rabbit running and the bird chasing and it's all, I mean, you see him hit it with the stick and then all of a sudden the rabbit takes off and you see the bird coming at it. Um, my first NAFA, 
Uh, my first NAFA meet was uh, something I just, I, I couldn't get enough of. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're going to go out here for a week in Elk City, Oklahoma. We're <laughs> going to find places to hunt. And that's that and eat dinner are the only things that we have to make sure that happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I mean, I love my wife and I love my kids. Um, but I got up every morning knowing that uh, I'm taking birds and I'm going to go hunt. And if my bird's not ready or my bird's being a dork, I'm going to go watch somebody else's birds. Um, and seeing the yard <laughs> and yeah. seeing the yard uh, with everybody's birds that were there, that all the birds staked out. Uh, that was just, that's just like, are you kidding me? There's every bird you could think of sitting out here in this yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we, this last trip, we went to Kentucky uh, for the regional NAFA meet. Yeah. And uh, it was, they're just great times. I mean, I just, I love the camaraderie. I love getting, you know, with a group of people. I met some people from Ohio that I didn't know. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting with them uh, this, this summer or uh, this winter in hunting. So yeah, it just, the, the trips, getting out of Ohio and, you know, taking your birds and, you know, doing what you do here somewhere else. And yep. it kind of validates what you're doing. You're like, yeah, this isn't just my fields. This isn't just my critters that we're catching. It's, it's time to go put some work in somewhere else and, and see if what I'm doing is actually, you know, can we do it elsewhere? Yeah, because I mean, it's 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 neat to see how your bird reacts to you after long trips and stuff. Because they don't, yeah. I mean, they don't like those long trips. Kentu- I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. Kentucky you know? was tough. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky was tough on all of us. Um, the hills. I mean, where where the places we hunted, they were they were straight down and straight up. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I was I was, I guess, one of the most fit, and I I was dragging. Um, yeah. You know, my my goal is I would love. And, you know, we talk about, we talked about it earlier. I would love to know how many miles I travel during the season. Uh, my, I know my iPhone keeps a, a track of that. I was going to say, you got a pedometer, right? Yeah, it, it tracks. But I never remember to set it at like every time. And yeah. I'll be like halfway through a hunt and we're already three, four miles into it. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to set. Um, I would love to know how many miles I actually travel. Well, I'm, I can't remember for sure. I uh, I'm wanting to say, I'm sure you're probably going to, someone's going to be listening to this and be like, no, it's this big, <laughs> moron, blah, 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 whatever. But um, I'm wanting to say it's roughly around like 2,000 steps or so is roughly like yeah. a mile. Yeah, real close that, to that. Yeah, 2,000 steps. That sound about right. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you can always do a rough guesstimate for oh, that yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could, we could definitely sit down and figure it out. But I, I, would, I would really, I would love to just know, you know, I get up, you know, I set, I set my clock before I leave the truck. Um, I'm real excited this year because I have a new truck. Yeah. Uh, I have a four wheel drive Toyota Tundra, um, that's got a cap on it and it'll have some more falconry, uh, assist stuff with it. Right. Um, versus trick it out. My, yeah. So I'm, I'm real excited for this season. I, I've, I've always been in my, uh, Nissan and it's only two wheel drive. So <laughs> I'm real careful where I actually go. Uh, matter yeah. of fact, this last year we hunted at a nursery, um, in the morning it was super cold. So we could drive everywhere. Everyone was frozen. Um, and as the day went on, we got through the middle of the day and things started warming up. And, you know, we were way back on the backside of their property. And, uh, yeah, we got the truck stuck, like stuck, stuck. Yeah. And I ended up uh, stealing a bobcat <laughs> from the nursery because it was a Sunday. There was nobody around, but they had a key in it. So I knew how to drive it. I grabbed their bobcat because we were out of options. Triple A's come in handy a couple of times for me. <laughs> yeah. and I, luckily, there's been a couple of times where I've either, like I said, there's a tractor kind of handy that somebody else was just happened to, you know, just be one of those fluky times yeah. that they were actually on it, or you know, it was close enough where Triple A could back the trailer up and yeah. You know, so I'm real excited there. this year to have that as a, as another option uh, where I don't have to worry about that part. I don't have to worry about going up to Columbus to hunt with Joe uh, when the weather is crappier than crap. Right. So it's like, yeah, this is going to be a good year. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, that's that's great, man. I mean, like I said, it's it's, it's always cool whenever. I mean, you you just start getting that feeling whenever the season starts, oh, you yeah. know, kind of approaching again, and you're just like, okay, well kind of be out of purgatory at some point in time though whenever you have more time you're gonna to have to try a 
you know, a spring bird, you know, like a kestrel or, or something. Well, I'd love to, but I got to find that time. I yeah. don't, I don't have that. Um, I've talked about that with my friend Noah. Um, he's, he's got a, a male Harris now that he wants to hunt, you know, through the summer because mm-hmm. he's a professor. So his, his year, his winter is full of work. His yeah. summer's wide open. So he wants to, he wants to transition into something that he can hunt during the summer. Yeah. It's just too hot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be out in it. I get poison ivy easy. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, let's leaves are gone. Let's go kill stuff. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, March to March to May is real fun, you know, for starlings and other stuff too. So yeah, but. that would definitely be, that would definitely be a good time. Yeah. Typically I end up shed hunting. Yeah. <laughs> March 10th. <laughs> You can guarantee March 11th, I'm probably shed hunting somewhere nice. in one of the woods that we've been hunting in all, all season. Nice. Well, I think um, we can go ahead and kind of end on that note then. I mean, we're actually right about an hour. So, um, man, it's been mm-hmm. really cool, um, you know, actually getting to meet. I mean, it's, it's, I like doing these sometimes whenever I haven't even met the person beforehand um, because sometimes you don't really know, you know, what to expect, yeah. you know, and, and, um, it's been really cool having the back and forth and, you know, and just kind of getting to know each other a little bit for the first time while doing this. It, it kind of makes, I know, at least from my point of view, it's always kind of nice hearing the stuff for the first time too, you know, instead of, um, just kind of going over things that, you know, I may or may not already know about a person. Yeah, sure. You know? And yeah. so, I mean, this is, this is cool. It's a nice, a nice change of pace. So I yeah, appreciate I like you it. taking the time to do it. And, yeah. um, you appreciate know. you coming over. Yeah. I mean, this is the first podcast and this was, this was, uh, not quite what I expected, and uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, good, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of see how things go, and I don't know. Who knows? Maybe um, in the last four weeks or so that I'm here, I mean, I don't know if we'll have much of a chance to, um, you know, meet up again or what or whatever, but, you know, if nothing else, it'll be cool at some point if we can make it happen to where we can get a hunt together or whatever the uh, case you know, is. That would be great, and if nothing else, um, I think it might be cool to uh, – to get together at the end of the season and talk yeah. about our season, see how yeah, our yeah. season went. Yeah. Uh, no, what I, were your highs? What were your lows? Sure. Um, I'm yeah. sure we could fill another hour in. Oh, geez. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, we can definitely make that happen for sure. Probably at some point, you know, like I said, it's, this is going to be an interesting year for me. Um, or, or I should say an interesting season for me in general, just the simple fact that, you know, I don't really know where I'm going to be. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, you, I'm, you got, you talk about, you know, a tricky schedule trying to, to keep birds and this and that. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's any, definitely, anytime you're not at a home base. Yeah. It's, it's definitely altered, altered my plans up a lot. And, um, so yeah, I, it's, it's going to be interesting, but you know, I'll figure it out, figure it out. I always do. Yeah. So, absolutely. But anyway, thanks again, man. It's been great. And, um, like I said, I mean, hope, um, I hope everything goes well with your season. Yeah, you too. Happy hunting. All right, you too, bud. All right.